0: We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you, the ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59, or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today. Hello and welcome to Fifty Shades of Motherhood Uncensored unhinged and unapologetic motherhood chats around the highs, the lows, the struggles, everything really. This week I am talking openly to Emily Mills from Mama Mindset Company and we are going to be talking all about comparing ourselves as mothers something I think we all do sometimes even without realizing Um, and we're going to be talking all about that from pregnancy right through to where we are now I hope you enjoy this episode Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. Today I am joined with the lovely Emily Mills from Mumma Mindset Company. Hi Emily. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. So today we're going to be discussing all about comparing ourselves to other mums Um, and I think we all do it and we don't you know, but we don't kind of feel confident enough to say what we think sometimes or what we're doing. So, I mean, um, Emily, tell us a bit about you initially, so people have got a bit more of an idea who you are.
1: Yeah, so I'm a mum of four um, and predominantly I'm working with mums at the moment who feel a sense of anxiety or feel incredibly overwhelmed about their role as a mother. Uh, And so I'm taking them from a journey of dealing with those mindset hurdles and obstacles to forging a place of clarity, calm, confidence in their identity and and discovering the kind of mum that they want to be. But it's interesting to kind of have this conversation with you today about all of the different aspects of motherhood, you know, all of the, the challenges, the fears that we have about what people will think about us as mothers, you know, honestly, from my journey, my Eldest now is 10. I look back and I think, wow, there was so much in my headspace at that time that was negative, that really didn't need to be there, that it was almost stories of other people's judgment that was probably made up in my own head, um, but it was very much a real thing at that time. Uh, and so worrying about what people might think, you know, I had my first baby, um, I decided to have a planned home birth using hypnobirthing. And I remember deciding to have that home birth, and although I felt confident about it, having that worry of actually admitting it to other pregnant mums in my life at that time—I didn't really know very well—but actually saying to them, "You know what? I'm thinking about having a home birth." Was
0: this and ten remember, years ago, um, this Emily? Ten
1: years ago, yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: because for me, I mean, God, I don't know. George is only four, but home birth. still seems to be so new like so that must have been like yeah I can understand why uh, you would feel like that but that's when it all starts isn't it it's like during pregnancy like that's when it actually starts like you start having these thoughts of like when people assume things as well Mm -hmm. um but I mean um for, for, for me I used to look at children before I was even pregnant and they were like out for in a restaurant or whatever and the mum had the iPad and I'd be like oh dear you know I would never do that and I fully held my hands up I was I was like oh I'd never do that oh they're having sweets oh I'd never do that you know all the time um and then and then you almost become pregnant and you know you think you're going to be this you know this mother nature you know human I don't know I don't know, but i've got you've got this image of what you're going to be, and it's like, yeah, hold on a second, reality hits, and you know you've got to do everything else that you did before, as well as like looking after a baby full time so it's quite difficult
1: oh definitely, I've had exactly the same situation. I remember sort of sitting having a coffee with my sister, glancing over at another table where the parents were just sort of all on phones, and the kids were on screens, and I remember kind of like slightly thinking to myself well, when I have mine, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that, you know, and then you very quickly realise sometimes those things are ne- necessary when you've got the reality of having your own kids and you, it's a completely different shift, isn't it? It's a transformation in a way of thinking, um, no, yeah. hundred percent agree with that
0: yeah I think as well I mean now I look and I think but yeah we ch- we're we going out for actually a meal tonight which is really random um, especially after lockdown so I'm looking forward to that um, but um, tonight I mean the iPad is already on full charge because I've got it ready I want to enjoy my freaking meal you know, I, and, and that is how it works for me so I never thought I'd be like that but you know and I think sometimes the Um, comparing ourselves for me anyway is I remember what I was like before so I think other people must think like that too and then almost I'm you know trying to kind of not I don't want people to judge me but then it's it's so hard isn't it because it's in every single situation it's like oh have you done this oh I did that and it's like oh shit yeah crap I haven't even done it I haven't even spoke to my child today you know it's half 12 in the afternoon and <laughs> I've barely spoke to him so um yeah there's a lot of things um that I think people during pregnancy even like just assume did you have that um obviously with your home birth and stuff yet to tell people did you have anything else around that
1: um what well, the the fear of other people yeah. judging decision making yeah. yeah with the hypnobirthing with um actually breastfeeding all of that kind of stuff it, you know when the babies are born they're not they don't come with a manual do they telling you when you should be doing certain things necessarily and how you should be and you no know, they don't come with an instruction leaflet I know. <laughs> and you um have to navigate your own way through things working out what's best for you and that individual child and the mm. expectations that you have previously can be really different to the actual kind of the situation that you find yourself in with in reality with that particular baby and so I think this is where the our, as a mum our headspace needs to constantly be sort of checking in with ourselves thinking right well how, what's happening today uh, and what how's the child today and what do I need to be thinking about and doing to make myself feel as good as I possibly can do but in terms of I think uh, like breastfeeding for example and feeding is a huge subject you know uh, with new mums wondering and worrying what's best for should I do what's best for my child am I going to be judged um it's a huge colossal subject
0: it is and it's almost scary sometimes to touch on that subject because people are uh, very passionate about either way whereas I think personally a fed baby and a happy mum is best that's my own my own opinion but I mean I during pregnancy I actually you know even now saying it I'm like oh it feels really bad saying it but I did not want to breastfeed I just didn't I had this thing in my head I don't know why I had these images of like my father-in-law walking in I've got my tits out my dad you know and it like I just didn't want to do it I really didn't and it was just one of those things I'd always said and then when George came early um I mean before that people were like what you're not gonna breastfeed us like No, I might actually, I might, you know, like trying to cover over it. And then when he came early, obviously it was the best thing at the time. And I was sat, hooked up to this machine and I just felt like a cow. It's like, (laughs) like that. I'd already been through the traumatic kind of birth side, and not much came out, but I did try because obviously it'd come out, it come early. Um, But I did feel there was a lot of pressure around that where I just, I'm obviously you know it is good for the baby and stuff but it's just so difficult to kind of touch on that subject obviously you were a breastfeeding mum weren't you so how did you find it
1: yeah I think being a hypnobirthing teacher it was always sort of kind of the idea that you know give it a go see how you get on with it sort of you know trust nature all of that kind of stuff so I sort of felt the expectation of almost categorized that that you will do that kind of thing and I know that's sometimes can be hard for some of our hypnobirthing mums to um when it comes to feeding to kind of to if, if there's if it's something that isn't necessarily coming naturally to mm. them um and for me I, I was breastfeeding for me was was okay it was fine i actually enjoyed i actually enjoyed it um i did find with my first one i fed him up until about seven months and then i had that wonder of oh, is now the right time to stop this? I had all of that going on. Whereas each child I've had, it's got longer, I've fed them for longer. And then with that comes the other issues of that my child wants to be fed in public, for example, and that concern of what would other people think about that? Mm. Um, Will they think that feeding um, a a one-year-old is odd in public? You know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's getting to that point that actually... In whatever case, whatever you decide to do as a mum, you know, whether you bottle feed, whether you breastfeed, whether you mix combination feed, like how whatever you decide to do at whatever stage, that actually is no one else's business but to yours. Yeah, <laughs> I You know, as long as you are happy with your decision making, then that's the best situation to have. And having that peace in your own head, um, but sometimes like when it's a new experience or it's a, it's a function of the body which involves hormones and you might be sleep deprived or in the case of someone that's just had a baby, your hormones, there's a huge shift in hormones. Sometimes that clarity of mind isn't with us and the voices of what other people might think and other people's comparisons and judgments cloud
0: our ability to think carefully about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think assumptions as well like that's that's what did it for me there's a I mean I think most people are similar to how we are but then there's odd people that will like kind of be very passionate and make it known and they're the people that we're scared of but they're, they're actually a minority I don't think there's actually a lot of people like that and I think a lot of these it is in our head isn't it um and it's our own we're judging ourselves almost sometimes
1: yeah no definitely putting up that kind of expectation for ourselves in a way and, and yeah no 100% completely get that I mean it's stupid really I, I mean I my third I was sort of I've always sort of baby um done baby wearing so carry a baby in a sling or a carrier Um and I sort of was Concern that people might think oh she's a bit of a hippie <laughs> but it was what my baby liked they liked me to skin they liked to smell me all of this sort of stuff and I did some baby wearing training and <laughs> the irony was I was going to this baby wearing training but with my baby in a car seat and I remember, <laughs> I remember walking in thinking oh what if they think that's you know they judge me for the fact that I've got my baby in a car seat, which is completely ridiculous. There was no chance that they were going to judge me on that at all. But that that was a real thought in my head oh. at that point. Should I get the baby out of the car seat and put him in a sling as I
0: walk in? (laughs) I know, it's awful, isn't it? It's like, do you know, the only reason I would have loved to do that baby wearing, but do you know what it was for me? I fear for my own son's safety if I was in charge of putting a (laughs) sling on and putting him in it. I honestly, I just wouldn't, my mum actually got me a sling and I like tried him in it once and I was like, no, this, this just doesn't, this feels like it's a disaster waiting to happen for me. And I probably should have gone to a class like yours because that would have helped me massively. But I, I think it's so much easier, isn't it? I've seen people doing it at Georgia school, and I just think, oh, they look so cosy. In fact, I wish someone would carry me in a sling sometimes.
1: <laughs> it is pretty cosy. But yeah, it's down to the individual personality of the child as well, isn't it? Some, some of them like to be worn in that way and others don't. But um no, I think one of my huge mummy moments of wondering about what other people think was probably when I discovered that I was pregnant for the fourth time Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah Yeah. talking about about pregnancy and expectations and what people might think
0: because my fourth baby definitely wasn't planned oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh Um, really so were you Was it all kind of because I do you know what? I'd love to have four, but then I think, God, I can't even cope with one. But the thought <laughs> of having four children it sounds great, like when they're older.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Um, I was done at three, I was done at three, and hopefully she won't listen to this in the future. But um, <laughs> when, yeah, and so then it came as a huge shock that I discovered that I was pregnant with the fourth one, and the thoughts that went through my my head at the time of what will other people think, you know, will they think, Oh my God, she's pregnant again. And, you know, whether it was reckless or, you know, a bit stupid or, you know, how is she going to manage all of this sort of stuff came into my head. And I was worried that I'd had three, you know, um, healthy children. Perhaps my luck would run out with a fourth and something might happen or all of this crazy thinking just oh. got into my mid space, which now I just look back and think, that was completely ludicrous, completely mental. And actually the best thing that ever happened. You know, she's a, she's a, it's amazing. She's three now. Oh. <laughs> and, um it was amazing, but I still have to put up with sometimes people's comments when I'm out in public with things, you know, things like core Blimey, you know, you've got your hands full. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, like I, do you
0: want to take one? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, right I've actually had this on several occasions. Haven't you, got a t- haven't you got a TV at home?
0: Oh, my God. Are you kidding? <laughs> Cheating? No, no and- sorry. I just like having sex with my husband. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, God. You know, (laughs) oh, it is. Do you know what it really is? And like, that's the thing. It's those kind of comments that people don't realise that actually we think about it a lot afterwards. Like, you know, when people make a comment, and you're just like, you can't actually believe they've said it. And then afterwards, when you're like on your way home, you're like, they mean that? And then I think that plays on your mind then, don't? And then you think, does everyone think like that? And then it kind of feeds into this kind of whole thing of like comparing ourselves I mean ages ago when I when I started My Bump to Baby um on social media in particular I remember seeing all these um mums and mum bloggers because you know that's how My Bump to Baby started and honestly the house looked like it was off the cribs you know, like, I, I honestly, I don't know how, I look around now even, and I've got KFC out from last night, and I think to myself, like, and I remember this one time, it was like this time when I just realised who I wanted to be on Instagram, and I moved all these toys to one side, and I started filming, and I thought, no. This isn't real. So I pushed them all back in the way. And I was like, no, if I'm going to do this, I want to show parents like the real, the reality of all this kind of thing. Because I think social media has a part to play because not only are we hearing, you know, oh, does your son not sleep through yet? We're also seeing like, you know, all sorts on social media. So you can't really get away from this perfection, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a completely... Um, different impression of reality that's put out there mm. it's filtered it's edited it's you know all of this kind of stuff like you say cl- things have been cleared away and someone looking at that always has that it creates that expectation doesn't it that like, oh actually you know what when I have a baby my life's going to be like that or when I have an you know another child I'm going to be able to do all of these things that this person's put up on Instagram uh-huh. and, um, and yeah no I think it's great that you've gone for a more that this is the reality this is actually it without any of the other you know editing or hiding things
0: I know well do you know what I actually am conscious about sometimes that it looks like I don't like my son like I love him to bits but I'm more for highlighting that side of it only because I know how I felt as a new mum and like you know those times when you know we might have gone to McDonald's three times in the week you know or whatever and you really beat yourself up and I really want people to kind of look at it and be like yeah it's okay as long as we're all healthy and happy and you know it's all right to kind of just be yourself and sometimes not enjoy parenting every day you know
1: yeah no definitely There, there are ups and downs and there are struggles and there are challenges and this is the sort of stuff that comes up a lot with the mama mindset clients that I'm speaking to that are able to have that kind of confidential chat that says you know what I don't feel like I've got a connection with that particular child or I'm really struggling or actually you know what I lock myself away and I cry you know they're not putting on Instagram they're not telling their friends about because it feels like it's it's a taboo subject but actually more people do need to think Mm. you know what I want to express myself I want to tell people even confidentially or if they've you know happy happy to put it out there go for it you know wow that's such a a, a great way of being um that actually stuff is going on that people, that isn't the glossy version of
0: life? Oh, I think, I think no one has this picture perfect life. I mean, the thing is, what I've soon realised as I sit here with all this shit around me, I think you can't have everything, you know, you can't have it all together. Um, And, you know, if your business is doing great, then there's probably an area you know, you could improve on whether it be more exercise or eating healthier or a tidy house. I mean, something that I struggled with is, is is the tidying of the house and the expectations on maternity leave that I should have tea on the table or should I have the house clean and stuff. And at first I did and I started putting too much pressure on myself. And now I just think, no, not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'll do it when I want to do it. But, you know, my only thing, Emily, is, like, I tidy the house every day. And I do. um, And I put things away. And it is tidy and clean for, like, probably, what, 8% of the day. And then, but for some reason, people choose to turn up at the house. You know, the other... Oh God, I'm shit at maths. Ninety-two percent of the of the time, and it's like I just want to be like, it was. Why couldn't you come? Like when it was actually tidy and it smelled okay, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's like um, it's so funny. I wish I could have something on my door, like you know, a, a flag, almost like it's safe. Come in now when the house is tidy because when people come in, in it's a mess and there's like washing pl- everywhere I'm like oh but they think I live like this all the time and you know I don't that eight percent of the time it's okay.
1: I <laughs> yeah, think you find yourself apologizing for it as well I've done that before mm. where as someone dropped one of my children back or something and they've you know been at their house and they come in and, and you kind of have that moment of where you glance around and think Oh. Um <laughs> and you kind of find yourself apologizing. You know what? Oh, I was just in the middle of uh <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of uh, parenthood. <laughs> and it's kind of completely not happening, but um you almost feel like you have to apologise for it rather mm. than what you should be doing. You're saying, you know what, this is my life and they actually respect that I think it makes people more comfortable because I don't know if you've had this as well where you've gone for a play date at someone's house where it is pristine mm. and everything is kind of polished and expensive and I, I, mean, I haven't four kids uh you can imagine the scenario when yeah. I arrive <laughs> oh yeah yes no we- comfortable if everything is pristine and you know if, you, if there was a fingerprint you'd notice it and actually I feel better if it is a little bit chaotic and more like reality
0: yeah yeah same I mean I'm accident prone as well both me and my husband are so when we've got a couple of friends that have pristine houses and every time we go you know there's an accident there's a broken plate or and it's more often than not it's not George it's actually my husband but um like or we knock a drink over or something and it's like oh god you just want the ground to swallow you don't you um but you know what I like about going to those houses is when I come back I'm like right I'm going to try and do that and and the house is tidy for two days and then I get back in the uh realms of real real parent life and it's like well you know I can't I can't reply to these emails and tidy at the same time so you know yeah. it's um it's funny but after after um you know obviously having your baby obviously each year um, is challenging in different ways, isn't it? Because, like, obviously, the first year you've got like your maternity leave, and some people are taking a year, maybe even longer if they've accrued holidays. Some people that work for themselves take three months. Some people are taking nine, but they wish they could take more. But financially, it's not possible. And I think sometimes um, you don't want to say like what you what you're doing because you don't want to get that kind of judgment, you know, on that side as well yeah no definitely, and this is something we have quite a lot when we are doing
1: hit my Birth thing like well, how long do you think I should take off, and my friend's taking x amount off? What do you think about that? And, it's so dependent on that individual situation and the, the job that they're doing and the pressures that that job comes with it and the package and whether they can realistically take that time off because of financial reasons and how much support they've got at home. And there's so many different facets of it. I think, you know, as mums, we tend to think that everyone is like almost like some kind of random competition sometimes. And <laughs> rather than yeah. that, a massive wake up call that, you know what, we're all completely different and our situations are vastly different. And so having a one-size-fits-all thing just isn't going to work. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember thinking, oh, should I take more time off or what's so-and-so doing? Mm. Or even down to the things, the things, the nursery furniture, oh, the, you know, yeah. everything, endless, isn't it?
0: Oh, it is, it is. And do you know what? You What you find yourself doing is actually making other people happy and not making yourself happy if you live by this, you know, comparing and trying to kind of you know, fit into, you're never going to fit in with everyone's parenting because everyone is different. You know, people have different views and, you know, I, I've just started thinking now like, yeah, it's okay. You know, as long as he's fed and happy and loved, and you know, the rest is fine, whatever we decide to do. Um, but I do think, um, in like the year, the first year, all this baby weaning and are you doing baby led and are you not? And is your baby sleeping through? Oh, dare I say, are you hiring a sleep consultant? Which I think that absolutely brilliant. And I would kind of hire one if I needed one for George, but a lot of people won't. And then there's like the co-parent, there's a, sorry, the co-sleeping and stuff like that. That I just think, you know, um, people just judge too much or we think they do. You know, it might even be that they're not, but it's these these odd comments um, that you get sometimes that make you think that everyone else is the same.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And sometimes you end up sort of hiding what it is that you're doing for fear of judgment. Mm. So I can remember that, uh, you know, a health visitor would suggest that, or, you know, midwife after you just had a baby, you've got a baby on your back, and like this, and all the rest of it. And mine just love to sort of sleep on me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, you know, and I always felt this kind of idea that I had to sort of say no no they're in there on you know they're on their back and they're sleeping in this and all of this sort of stuff and they mm. love sleeping in their front and they love sleeping on me but yeah. you know, I to say to a first-time mum that actually it's all right to allow your baby to do what they need to do there's always this guideline and this fear of mm. judgment and I'm gonna get it wrong and all of this sort of stuff
0: um yeah yeah it's just there and it probably like you say I mean it's probably a lot of it is in our in our mind as well um just because um I mean I think a lot of parents nowadays are more laid back and you know quite a lot of mums um were looking forward to this podcast because it's more kind of you know it's not about you know all the butterflies and rainbows that we can paint during lockdown it's just like reality um of not having time to do everything um yeah so I mean just the other day actually I must tell you this story because it made well it made me laugh it's like so we went to Ikea the other day um which was oh god I was so excited I couldn't actually sleep the night before um yeah so we went and um, we were getting George some like stuff for his playroom um and in the queue at the end I mean it'd been good the whole time um and then in the queue at the end he slapped me right <laughs> full-on slap me well first of all he slapped my bum and it was really loud and I just felt oh you can imagine the queues at the moment there was just all these people staring at me and I was like oh shit anyway he did it again and all these people were just staring at me, and I knew I mean if it was me I'd have just let it slide because I was just like well, you know, I want to get this playroom furniture, but also me to make my life a bit easier. But anyway, I was like, right, George, we're putting it all back. Anyway, I didn't I didn't put it back, obviously. And I marched him out of the IKEA, more for everyone else, because I didn't actually know what to do. I felt embarrassed. Um anyway, in the car park, I crouched down to him and you know, and I said, George, you don't hit money mummy. Oh God, I got slapped to the face then, right? <laughs> And I was just, and people were looking and it was so embarrassing. And I felt like I, I just didn't know what to do. And it's like that kind of thing in a shop where you just want another mum to come over and be like, it's okay. You know, my son was a little twat this morning as well or whatever. But you know, it's just those looks of kind of disappointment that people have. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's always going to be one kid kicking off and I just hate it when it's mine.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. But that's the thing though, isn't it? I think you're exactly right where every mum has been there in one form or another where their kid is kicking off. Like it happens, it's human. It's like, of course, they're going to be upset. They're going to be overtired. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be like moody. They're going to just kick off, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's that when you glance over and you just see someone looking. But the thing is, we always interpret that look of, oh disapproval or they're judging me but what they're thinking more than likely like you say are, oh my god I've been there you know oh that poor mum should I go and do something or oh, I don't want to interfere what if she takes it the wrong way I wonder if she needs any help they're probably thinking oh, all of this kind of stuff you know and not what it is that we're worrying
0: about you're so um, right I know I I've mean it's been a few times
1: over the years oh my <laughs> like,
0: gosh Yeah, I have. I've actually sat in the car park and cried after it. You know, I think Lidl is the place that causes me the most problems because for some reason they've got these little trolleys now. Um, I don't know if you've seen them, but God, once you've let a child do something once, they remember, don't they? So George has this trolley. Oh, my God, it is it's dangerous for those people in that shop with him running around there and it's honestly my heart's racing I'm looking around I'm sweating he's like going off in one direction Danny's in the other direction I'm just thinking oh my god what do I do and it's it's oh and then he somehow knows he's in control so then he starts saying stupid face to me the other day right I'm in this cute stupid face I was like oh my god stupid face and everyone's staring at me in the queue and you're probably right and they are probably thinking oh let me help this woman but then he starts shouting dead face dead face and i thought oh my god get me out of here get me out of it and you know what i love more than anything and everyone is different i love it when someone comes over and tells him off because he really actually shits himself um and i love that i love it when a mum comes over or a dad and like I hope you're behaving for your mummy. I'm like, oh, oh it's yeah. great. It's great. Some, it depends on what day that is
1: for me. So some days I'll be like, oh yeah, like laugh laugh at that. Like yeah, thank you. I needed that kind of thing. And then other days you kind I feel like don't don't speak to my child, you know. I've got this. It's funny depending on what it triggers in you on that particular day. Yes, you're so odd. right. And maybe that's why people don't often come over and say things with me. <laughs> maybe yeah. I didn't
0: Maybe we need like a wristband or something, like a day, like a wristband, like speak. You can like speak to me today or judge me today or whatever. You know, like something that just says, "Back the fuck off today." (laughs) (laughs) You know, leave me alone today. But no, um, it is hard, and it's those those kickoffs. But you know what I secretly love is you know george has gone through this stage of like you know kicking off in front of all my friends and stuff and just the other day uh, a friend of me a friend of mine and me went for a walk and for once like probably one of the first times ever george was actually really really good and it was her little one that was kicking off and i was like this is great i enjoyed it and i I did actually say to her this is great for me to see because i thought you had it all together and this is good, you know. Um, And I think it's just understanding um, that everyone has those days and it's just, you know, everyone has those days where their kid is the one that's kind of kicking off a bit more Um, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, definitely. It is always quite nice to see someone else, if you're with, with a friend and know that actually, yeah, my child isn't just the only child that has no. a temperature or says no or, you know, whatever and uh yeah it's all it's it's normal it's
0: all okay it is it is um, and i mean what what another thing that I found quite difficult was the, the weaning because people have all these different opinions, don't they of like whether you should do the baby led one or whether you should do it a certain way or whether you should do it that way, and I thought that was that was quite a difficult one to to know because you've got so many different people telling you what they think you should do um yeah, hard. no, definitely I think it's
1: it's hard to know what the best thing is to do for your child and until you kind of go out there and you do it it's all it's a, it's a steep learning curve mm. um and because we've never done it with our first child we've never done it before so we're always going to be looking to find out well, what is that mom doing and what is she using and what does her child like um and sometimes it can be kind of a hotbed of different opinions and then you look back and you think oh we got we got there in the end but it is it's a a challenging time um getting to grips with something that's new like that definitely
0: yeah yeah absolutely I was quite
1: baby led weaning suited me because I've always been quite like my mum would laugh I'll just put an apple in front of them and just be like there you go Yeah, I, no, so aren't you going to cut that up? Aren't you going to puree that? Nah, they'll be all right. They'll just gnaw on that. That'll be fine. But do you know what I mean? I've yeah. got Baby led weaning, it's fine. Because it yes. suited my sort of lazy uh, like parenting style. Of. There's no effort with that. I'm just well, going to put a carrot in front of you.
0: I think, <laughs> I think a lot of my worries were, like, I did the baby led weaning, but I'd be on the edge of my seat, like, uh, uh, like keeping an eye out, because I don't know why. I just had this major horrible thing of like choking and I was like how does this work why 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 is he doing that oh why is he gagging why is he gagging what's happening and it's like oh god it's um it's hard and then some friends were like look just chill just watch it's fine um and you know it it's the whole thing I mean I just think everything once you're a parent even down to your relationship and stuff like that um yeah. like oh you've not had a date night in that long oh Really? Oh, and you like? Yeah, no, we haven't. I mean, me and my husband now. I just say Sundays and Wednesdays. That is it. You know, that is your night of romance. (laughs) And and I've also got these pajamas. I put it on my Instagram the other day, uh, Emily. Don't know if you saw it, but I've got these like, yeah, I've got these don't touch me pajamas that he knows. Don't try it on with me when I'm wearing these pajamas. And and that's it.
1: That's good. That's good. That's a good little sign there. That you know, there's not even any conversation needed. No,
0: exactly. Yeah, you don't want the awkward, like, no, I'm tired. I'm not in the mood. Or, you know, it's just you know, he knows when I'm in those. Don't touch me. Just don't.
1: (laughs) Oh, brilliant! Yeah, oh. again, that's another area of competition.
0: Oh, what well, isn't your isn't your
1: husband doing any night feeds or? They never changed a nappy. Like, I think as well with breastfeeding, he was like, "Well, that's fine because you can just do everything." And I, you know, he didn't literally do anything like, you know, and no nappy change. Put himself in the spare room because he thought he wanted to get a good night's sleep because he was working. You know, so it was all of that kind yeah. of, of the wrong shift and change and. Um, some parents, like some parents, are really hands-on, like you know, and they work together as a team, and they divide the time and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas other people just don't, and so then when you meet up for your coffee mornings with your baby, and someone's saying, "Oh yeah, my husband takes oh. over from X time till X time," and you're thinking. Really? Hold on. They can build
0: that area of
1: almost.
0: I love that you said that. I completely um, remember that, actually. And it's handy. You can use these things to your, your advantage sometimes. Like I used to just say, like, oh, um, so-and-so's husband uh, does this. Like, you know, like, but you do... But some people just prefer the way they do it, and they like to kind of take over. I was the other way. I didn't mind him taking over because, yeah. um, I mean, we very much... Did more co parent just because I am a bitch when I've not had enough sleep, right? (laughs) And for his for his, you know, life and if he wanted it to be nice, he was better getting up. And he did two nights it was similar to our sex life actually, but he did two nights a week, a Tuesday and a Friday, the whole night, the night feeds. And that just gave me that long stint to just recover. Um, because I really didn't cope well with no sleep. I had postnatal depression as well after George. So I think a lot of that, you know, the, the worse sleep I had, the more it affected me.
1: Yeah. So your kind of the way in which your family were able to manage things and your husband was able to manage things to and support you, you know, to keep you as positive as as possible, mm-hmm. is to help you provide that 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 aspect that helped you um enabled you to have more sleep. So yeah, no, that's that's good. I like the way you've got that that week structured though. So he oh. knows. He knows what nights he's got
0: to do. Yeah, he's got to put it on the back. Well, Tom. Sometimes, you know, if you know, it doesn't always get on those nights. But I think what it was is um, when we had George. I was kind of like, oh, it's been it's been two weeks, and I used to have a really oh god, sorry if my parents are listening to this. Maybe turn it off now, Mum. I used to have a really high sex drive, like really high, and then after George, kind of obviously life takes over and. You know, you're putting all the, sh- all the um, I suppose, energy into other things, aren't you, in different ways. And then it got to, like, a few weeks, and I was like, oh, God, i not had sex. So I started saying, listen, we need to be doing it two nights a week. I mean, that's quite good going. Sometimes it doesn't always happen on that Wednesday. If I'm working late, you know, it might not happen. But we try to do it like that, really, um, just because mm-hmm. it's so easy to think, oh, not tonight not tonight yeah. I think, um,
1: prior- I think put in, you know in top priority but is he okay with that like two nights or is he not yeah you know, um, that's not for more
0: <laughs> no to be honest I think it's me that needs the two nights more than him I think it you know would will be all right yeah I think he'd be all right not having two nights but I suppose having that there just makes you remember it even if you don't abide by that and it ends up being a tuesday and not a wednesday it still keeps it at the forefront of your mind instead of just kind of covering it over and being like yeah um yeah tomorrow 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 so you know just having that in my mind um kind of makes me think about it and remember that we need to do it yeah and when no. i get into it it's great you know <sighs> and i always say to him after i should do this more you know really liked that but you know it's um I I love it yeah
1: isn't that appealing but then when you get into it it's
0: uh I know (laughs) well I think you're just so tired aren't you by that time and George has been going to bed so late at the moment because it helps me because he'll lie in then so I can work in the mornings like he's still asleep at the moment you wouldn't believe it. it's like uh oh gosh we've been talking a long time it's quarter to 11 in the morning but he's still asleep but that's because he went to bed last night at half 10 and you know yeah you know another thing where I think oh should I say it but yeah he did and but he'll sleep in and then I can get on with work in the morning in fact we both can so it's good for us
1: yeah and exactly you've got to do what's right for you and for your family Mm. and where does this kind of like this this construction of time come from is all made up, isn't it? it, it, it is. say, you you work with what works for you. Um. Yeah. No, I think yeah. that's yeah.
0: It is. It is. I, I. And that's it. I mean, if it's like um, if a if a baby's not sleeping through, and then you've got someone saying, "Oh well, mine is." As long as the mum is happy with that, and they're okay, and they're functioning, functioning, and they're happy, it's not a problem, is it? It's like you know, we have this expectation expectation like oh does your sleep oh no really and it's like well as long as you're happy who cares you know you might like getting up and seeing your child like five times during the night you know everyone's different oh yeah well
1: I had a classic story this morning where um I've just laid next to Alice pretty much to get her off to sleep from when she was born and she's three now pretty much every night I just get into bed with her in her bed like, like yeah. obviously, I didn't put her in her cot. She was in my bed, and then I would, would put her in her cot when she was asleep. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, it's all those different opinions on that kind of thing. But, yeah, we we'll just look, read it now I read her a story, lie next to her. She goes off to sleep. Like, she just snuggles into me. She sucks her fingers. It's really lovely. But then last night, she said to me, Mummy, you don't need to lie next to me. I'm a big girl. I'm to lie on my own. <laughs> oh. I just had this morning. I had a conversation with my husband. We had to say, actually, you know what? You know, she's telling me now. Her opinion on how she wants things to be, and I'm gonna have to sort of respect that. And <laughs> what have I been doing this for? I've been doing this for me, you know. Oh. She's my last child, I've, you know, all of this sort uh, of stuff. Hey, you say that, you never know. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's it now. That's it. Job <laughs> <time>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so now's the time
0: really like for me to let her just go off and sleep on her own.
1: But yeah, no.
0: Oh, that's I bet that's quite sad though, because I think you sad. think you're doing things for the child sometimes. Well, oh, I know exactly what you mean. Oh, well, she might change her mind tonight, you know. We'll have to see. <laughs> but um oh no, it's it's mad. But I I mean, um gosh, sorry, we've been talking ages, haven't we? I'm pretty sure we've probably covered everything uh, in terms of comparing ourselves but is there anything else that you can think of emily that you struggled with or that other you, that, that your mums struggle with that we've not touched on because i really want this episode to kind of help as many people as we can just realize that they're normal <laughs> yeah
1: no i think we've pretty much covered everything to be honest with you i think the only other thing that I was going to mention is the idea of people being fearful when their child, their baby's kind of crying in public, you know, what are other people thinking? But Mm -hmm. I think we've covered that when we were talking about how you felt when your, your little one was kind of kicking off and it's exactly the same, you know, the fear sometimes of what people think can actually keep people indoors because they worry so much that if my child cries, has a temper tantrum, you know, or if it's a very young baby and they're uncontrollably crying and I'm not quite sure yet how to soothe them, I don't know, it might create a little bit of an sense of being overwhelmed. And actually, you know what, it's best not to go out today. So you think, wow, they're actual, you know, we're talking about comparison and there's so many different aspects of it. But for some people, this is a massive issue that actually is limiting what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So I think hopefully what we've discussed and what we've talked about is actually do what's best for you and be true to you. And don't worry about anyone else's made up stories that are in your own head. Yeah.
0: I mean I I think so and I think it's as well when you do see a mum with a shit together she's got a shit together at that time like you're not with her the whole of the day and you know and sometimes the people that look the happiest and look the most like they've got the shit together are the ones that are finding it the hardest but perhaps Mm -hmm. don't want to say um and I know when my friends like admit something like I I love it because I think oh you too like um one of my friends said the other day like i really didn't like my child the other day and i thought thank you i didn't i didn't like mine the other day and it's okay like to say that it doesn't mean we don't love them or it doesn't mean we're not enjoying you know being a parent but we're just not enjoying it that day um and it's okay to say that and i remember um years ago um, someone um said to one of my friends like i can't believe you didn't say you said that about your child and she was like but that's how i felt i just wanted to share it and she was like but i just don't like that you said that and i thought she was actually suffering with postnatal uh, depression at the time and i didn't like that someone had said that to her because she, that was her freedom of speech that was her time to let it out and you know and um i think just if someone wants to rant let them you know just just don't cut them off or judge them
1: no, exactly, because all they're going to do then is suppress it and think mm. that they can't be true to what's going on in their head. And then what does that teach them? That I've just got all of these sort of bubbling emotions in my headspace, and that no one will listen to me yeah. and no one will validate my feelings. And then it makes the problem worse because then they think that they're a bad mum or you know all of this kind of stuff, rather than just seeing it as a temporary situation at that time, they then categorise themselves as having some kind of issue, which actually they haven't at all. It's normal. It's normal to have... Up days, down days, days where you feel that actually my child perhaps doesn't love me or I'm having a bit of a funny day with them or they're triggering something in me. That's a huge one. When you look at your child and they remind you of somebody else, like in your family or oh, your partner, and they, you, do you know what I mean? They yes. bring out the emotion that you have about your husband and not yes. about the kid, but suddenly they've become, they've said something and it's just triggered a thought in your head, which says you're just like your dad. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, get it all. Great. And you're thinking, I really need to speak to them about that. They need to stop doing that because that's coming out in the child now. Um right. and you you've got to voice this stuff. You
0: can't bottle it up.
1: You really um, can't.
0: Oh, you can't, you can't. And I think it's always unfortunately the way of the world and the fact that we do always compare ourselves, you know. Hopefully this will make this episode will make people feel better. But it is it's very hard to get away from this, especially with social media, this image of perfection. Um, and, and I think sometimes maybe what I do with my Instagram is I follow people that aren't the perfection type, not anything against that perfection. It's just doesn't make me feel good. So now I follow people that make me feel good um, yeah. and, you know, make me feel a bit more normal. Um, so I think it's important to you know if if you are finding on your Instagram you're scrolling through you know pages and pages of perfect parenting that's great sometimes but also maybe follow people that are a bit more like true um, and show the other side because yeah there are times in my life it could you know if I got the camera out sometimes and the house is tidy there are bits of perfection out there you know in everyone's life there's also a lot of you know unperfect moments too and it's just where it's wherever you choose to flash that camera really isn't it you know it's just it's just that time so um I think with social media I mean how do you find it Emily because you're on Instagram as well aren't you
1: yeah I think it's right when you say gravitate towards the people that make you feel better you know and so some people Want to feel, want to look for that aspect of normality. They want to make sure they want to see that there's other people out there that are like them. Um, and I just and I, it's also looking at the purpose of the particular account, isn't it? Mm. And knowing, I mean, from my point of view, from the Mama Mindset Company point of view, I'm hoping to inspire and uplift and be that kind of positive thing that that sort of shows people that actually there is a different way of thinking about things and, and try to inject that sort of sense of energy into the day so that people feel like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I've got a bit of inspiration there. I'm going to gonna ditch some negativity and I'm going to feel better about myself. But I always try to keep things like the stories, a little bit of, you know, the, the stuff that's going on in my life, what's happened yeah. that day, a call that I've had that perhaps, you know, has been great for the client in terms of them offloading. But obviously that's not all shiny and lovely because they're at the starting point of the, the you know, the, the system that I'm going to take them through. Um, and so that's good because that is normality. That's like, you know what, I've had a, cl- a call today with someone and she's been in floods of tears and uh, I'm going to take her through a process which is going to guide her to forgetting the stories, letting go of comparison, really thinking about who she is and being true to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely. Social media has got a lot of different aspects to it and it's it's seeking out what makes you personally feel good and identify.
0: definitely and in fact emily my next thing was just going to be where can people find you and, and a bit about what you do so um people can get in touch if it's something that they want to look at
1: yeah no definitely so i'm on instagram which is at mama mindset company and i'm a clinical hypnotherapist and mum of four so my mama mindset packages take people from a place of feeling anxious overwhelmed uncertain and i look at past um, behaviors, habits, emotions that might be locked in their subconscious and really get to the gr- you know, to the root of what might be causing them to feel a certain way and unlock that from that subconscious part of their mind and then boost their confidence and positivity and get them to create new habits in their life which are more uplifting and really have that kind of accountability with me so they're able to kind of feedback, you know what, I felt like this today Uh, And to be really open and honest about their emotions. I think everyone really needs that confidential place, that sounding board to help them shift through different emotions they're having. And without that fear of agenda or worry or concern or judgment, actually, you know what, I can use me as a point of contact to offload stuff too. And I'm going to help you (laughs) see through what's clouding your judgment and, and bring you out the other side. So in a very nurturing, supportive way. That's um, great. That is well, something a lot
0: of mums need.
1: Yeah, it's it's extremely um, powerful stuff. It creates real amazing transformation in people's thinking, ditching the stories that we hold about ourselves and carving out a
0: new identity. Well, like um, the sound of that. Can you put me yeah. on the bah- in the Bahamas on my own? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Your subconscious doesn't know the difference
1: between fantasy and reality, so if you work hard enough... <laughs> Yeah. Imagining that, imagining that Bahamas yeah. and Europe, and all of the sights, the smells, the atmosphere you close your eyes right now you'd have a feeling of serenity
0: oh, I have. and the heating's on as well so that even makes it more real <laughs> oh, oh really? yeah no i love that emily and i love what you're about and, and um, your business and stuff so it sounds fantastic so everyone thanks thanks very much for listening today um and uh, i think we've spoken a, a lot around this subject so hopefully you've got something from it and um, emily thank you so much thanks for having me thank you Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Fifty Shades of Motherhood. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you guys did too. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, which I really hope you are, and if you've got this far, why are you still listening if you don't? (laughs) But I would absolutely love you to subscribe and leave me a little rating. It means the world to me and also helps me out massively, especially when I go to Danny and tell him that I'm going to be doing series two fingers crossed so I look forward to speaking to you next week and keep an eye on the Facebook page and Instagram so you know who the next guest is you will absolutely love it I know it This podcast is sponsored by My Bump to Baby, Family Protection and Legal Directory. Being a parent is such a minefield. It's so difficult deciding who to select when it comes to financial advice or family law solicitors. My Bump to Baby works with one trusted financial advisor and one trusted family law solicitor in each town throughout the whole of the UK. To find your nearest advisor or family law solicitor, head over to com forward slash family protection legal. We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer. And we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today.